0: further up the canyon and off to the left a little bit you can kind of see the future makings of like a great arch
1: well that's what it's called
0: so. right exactly <laughs> so the name matches what it is
1: <laughs> so someone named it aptly
0: yes yeah exactly the great arch
1: this is the exploring the national parks podcast with dirt in my shoes My name is Ash and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy.
0: And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like flowers.
1: Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks.
0: We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures.
1: And we'll even throw in a little trip planning.
0: Let's start exploring.
1: So a few weeks ago when we uh, released our Great Smoky Mountains episode, and I asked for people to email me about Appalachian versus Appalachian. Right. We got some great responses. Yeah. I, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Overwhelmingly, I think it is Appalachian.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although there was one guy from Georgia who said, he said, like, they say Appalachian. So maybe you guys don't really know.
0: <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> I think maybe, that's a bold maybe, statement.
1: <laughs> maybe you all just say it the way you want to say it. And then, you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> it will be a fight to, until the end of time. Till
0: the end of time. But I think... I will say Appalachian.
1: Yeah, we'll say Appalachian. But thank you so much. We love hearing from you. And thank you to anyone who has left a review on our podcast. Yeah. Especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, We read through those all the time. We're so grateful. Um, If you've been enjoying the podcast, please get on there and leave us a five-star review. That would be so helpful. But yeah, we read through them all. We just can't respond. But we love hearing from you guys. So thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes. If it was like Facebook and I could leave like a little heart emoji or like or something like that, I I would definitely do that. It
1: feels really weird to read through them and not be able to say anything back. (laughs) So this is our thank you to you. Thank you so much. On that note, today we are talking about Zion National Park. Yeah. We are exploring Zion National Park and the very first thing that I want to say is that Most people say the name Zion incorrectly.
0: Oh my gosh, this is such a funny topic in our household. Oh, it (laughs)
1: drives me crazy. Okay, here's the thing. Even Utahns don't know how to say Zion. Yes. They always say, we're going to Zions.
0: Yes, the cultural context here in Utah. Wherever you are in the country, you always have your local banks or credit unions and like your regional banks and stuff like that. Here in Utah we have a regional or local bank called Zion's Bank. And yeah. so the effect that Zion's Bank has had on Zion is that now anybody from Utah, when they say they're going to go down to Southern Utah and visit the national park, that's exactly what they say.
1: It drives me crazy.
0: We're going to Zion. Listen,
1: my own mom says Zion's. And so <laughs> I just like, I've been like, mom, it's not Zion's, it's Zion. The other thing is, Culturally speaking, Zion is a word that the Mormon pioneers who came to the area gave the area, this beautiful place with big red rock monoliths. And it, it really is truly spectacular. Right. But Zion means promised land or a land of safety and refuge. Right. And so that's also the cultural context of why this. Otherwise, Zion National Park actually would be to weep. Right. I think is the Paiute word for the area, and that's what it was called before the settlers got here.
0: Right. And I think that like the, the first superintendent or whatever is like, no one's going to be able to pronounce that. I know, but and, nobody but, can
1: say Zion. But nobody either. can
0: pronounce Zion either. <laughs> They're either saying Zions or some people say Zion.
1: People from outside of... Here's how it works, okay? People from Utah who are not National Park people say Zions, okay? They might think they're National Park people, but they are not if they say Zions.
0: We're trying a really hard line in the sand I right am, now.
1: I am. Uh, it drives me crazy. Listen, I had a friend who worked law enforcement at Zion National Park. Mm-hmm. And when he found out, I was from Utah, and he was like, why can't Utahns say it? He said Zion, uh-huh. which he worked there. And, and people who work there from out of state and people who visit from out of state, Often say Zion. Right. Which is fine. That doesn't bother me as much. But the correct pronunciation is Zion, rhymes with lion. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from Utah and you know about the parks. Right. So. <laughs> Just want to put that out there, um, uh, but yeah, my friend thought that was so funny. He was like, Why can't Utahans like say the name of their park?
0: So, this is more of a self criticism of <laughs> our own people. It
1: is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> We're so,
0: trying to get our own tribe in line here, people from Utah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you
1: want to say Zion, that's fine, that doesn't bother me, but if you are from Utah, please. For the love. Stop saying Zion's.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to go to Zion's this weekend.
1: <laughs> no, don't do it. So today we're talking about Zion National Park. Woohoo! I actually am really excited about this one. This is a park that we we've actually lived in the area. We spent a ton of time oh, yeah. down in the Springdale area and Zion National Park area. I mentioned I have a really good friend who worked at Zion. Um, my cousin also worked as a park ranger at Zion, so We've got connection there. Right. Uh, it's just a park that we're at a lot.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> From where we live in northern Utah, on our way, if we do anything in California, it's like, oh, we're driving right past on I-15, so we might as well stop at Zions all the time. <laughs> sorry, I got to stop. I you know I'm bugging Ash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are bugging me so bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're there a lot, and, and it's a park we're extremely familiar with. Um, I would say... Zion National Park is probably, in my mind, the best park that you can visit if you have teenagers yeah. that can do some longer, more adventurous hiking. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're wanting to keep them just like really engaged and like really excited, the very first park that ever comes to my mind when people ask me is Zion National Park.
0: Oh, it's absolutely a high adventure park. Yeah, and it it's, is. But it's also absolutely stunning. And so in both ways, it's going to capture the attention of whoever is there because it's absolutely beautiful, but you also have to pay attention or you die sometimes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This one definitely feels a lot more like that (laughs) than some other ones. And we've had to make adjustments because we're traveling with younger kids. There's things that we're just not ready to have them do in that park. Right. Which isn't a problem. There's plenty that they can do. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like if you are just looking for a really adventurous place that just gets your heart pumping and like makes you feel like you're on top of the world, this is the park.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So
1: let's jump in. For those of you that didn't catch this, Zion is in Utah.
0: It is. Southwestern Um, Utah. It
1: is. It was the first national park created in Utah. So Utah has five. Mm -hmm. Zion was the first. It was in 1919. So there were plenty of parks created before this one. Correct. But it is the first in Utah. It's a pretty small national park.
0: It takes you a while to go to visit the different sections of the park, but that's just because it's kind of a funky shape. And like you have to go in and out of a canyon and everything like that. But overall, square footage wise, it's not that big.
1: No. So people will be like, it's not that small. It is. Zion is about 150,000 acres. But you take, I mean, I know we always kind of pull Yellowstone, but Yellowstone is 2.2 2 million acres. Oh, yeah. So it's 18 times <laughs> <laughs> the size. Exactly. Um,
0: <laughs> So it's like. What five percent, four, three percent, something like whoever do the math, somebody. I don't know. But it's way smaller.
1: So so like people, for example, when they go to Yellowstone and they're like, Oh my gosh, Yellowstone feels so crowded. And it's like, no, you can absolutely (laughs) find quiet spots in Yellowstone because that park is huge. Right. In Zion, the park is small and it has some years even more visitors than Yellowstone does.
0: Right. Millions
1: and millions.
0: Yeah. But what's what's so crazy is that even within the smaller square mileage of the park, you're still funneled into an even smaller section of the park because of the way that that the canyon is shaped and the way that the landscape is. It's even a smaller area where all of those people are forced to gather.
1: It feels like it. It feels really busy. Zion is one of those parks for me that it's like, if you go at the wrong time, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. or
1: you're trying to get into the park during certain times of day, you're trying to find parking, you're trying to take the shuttle, any of that, if you don't time it well, it is miserable.
0: It can be so bad.
1: And we've waited in an entrance line. Uh, we actually we turned around because we lived right there. Yeah, that's it what was I was like, thinking. Yeah, it was a, it was a Sunday morning in the off season, and we're like, "What the heck? Why are why are all these people here?" Yes. Um, but the entrance line was probably about an hour long, and we pulled up, and we're like, nah, "We'll come back."
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: so, but if you, I mean, if this is your one vacation to the area, you know, to get stuck in that line, just the problem being that once you get through the line, there's no parking anywhere in the park either.
0: Right. So this if the is line a line
1: is long. There's nowhere for you to go after that either. Oh,
0: yeah, it's true. The the miracle of compound interest is as <laughs> yeah. real as the miracle as what's the opposite of compound interest? <laughs> you know, this is a a death spiral yeah. here at Zion. Sometimes <laughs> one bad decision just leads to a series of unfortunate events.
1: It does. So we're not gonna talk about, you know, the crowding, but I do wanna just put the asterisk. On this whole episode, basically, is we're going to talk about some really cool things to do and some really fun things to see, Mm -hmm. but the asterisk is always there. If you come here at the wrong time, you will be sad. Yes. You might not get parking. You might be waiting a long time. If you need any help with that, we have the Zion itinerary at Dirt in My Shoes, and we will walk you through when to be where and how to navigate so that you're not stuck in all those crowds. But onward let's talk about the fun stuff
0: yes because done right zion is one of the best places the one of the most memorable places that you will ever visit because like we talked about before there's so much adventure to be had here it's absolutely breathtaking and i mean all around you you're just surrounded by these giant red rock cliffs that are towering over you. And and in some cases, you're scaling some of these cliffs Mm -hmm. and you're doing some really cool things, going really cool places. And it's an incredible place to visit for people of all ages. Most natural place to start is where most people probably start. And that's, you know, going in through Springdale.
1: Yep. So the Zion is kind of three different sections. We'll start with the main part of the park, which is where most of the stuff that you're going to want to do is. So you go through the town of Springdale through the south entrance. Mm -hmm. And right there at the south entrance is the main visitor center for the park. Right. Um, This is where you'll park if you want to take the shuttle up Zion Canyon, up the scenic drive, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But Springdale is a really fun town, too. And this is probably where you'll be staying as you're here. I don't recommend really going any further out than like the town of Hurricane, which is about a half an hour or so from Springdale. Right. But if you can stay in Springdale, that's best because you're right, like literally right at the entrance to the park.
0: Yeah. There's a bunch of little pioneer communities that are kind of out that side of the entrance. I think my favorite, it's not Hurricane, it's, it's Hurricane. Hurricane. Yeah. And I think my other favorite one is Laverkin. Yeah. Because it kind of sounds like, A teenage boy, when his voice cracks, (laughs) Lavarkin. you know? (laughs) That's kind of what it sounds like. But you're right. We don't generally stay all the way out there because, I mean, it just adds a lot of extra drive time and you'd rather get in the park fast.
1: That drive time is important. Mm -hmm. So there's one lodge in Zion. It's the Zion Lodge. If you can stay there, this is actually... So usually we'll be like, oh, you can stay outside of the park just fine. Mm -hmm. The Zion Lodge is nice, though, because... It's already in the park and it's in the part of the park where you have to take the shuttle to get around. And so you can just catch the shuttle right from there. So in most cases, if there's room open at the Zion Lodge, I would snatch it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs)
1: But you can stay in Springdale. Springdale has a lot of good food. Oh, yeah. That's one thing that I have just really loved about going in that side of the park and staying that side of the park.
0: It's a really cool gateway town. Not only does it have the good restaurants, but it's got a lot of fun art. What are those couple places called? Art places. Art,
1: <laughs> art galleries. Art
0: galleries. Yes. I <laughs> oh, can tell. I love art. I love art. I love. He lamp. likes art places. <laughs> yes, exactly. But no, it's a really fun town and it's fun to just to explore the town itself. But I don't know if you wanted to talk about this much, but I mean, what's nice is that there's also the shuttle that goes through town.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: If you don't want to try to park in the visitor center parking area or drive your car in, you can just take the shuttle from town.
1: Yeah. So the Springdale Town Shuttle picks up at various hotels, basically, throughout town and then takes you to the Zion Pedestrian Entrance, mm-hmm. which is where you'll walk across the bridge. You'll show your pass. You'll walk across the bridge and then go to the visitor center from there and then catch the park shuttle. So. Right. That's really convenient. I really like the Cable Mountain Lodge Mm -hmm. or the Cliff Rose if you're looking for a hotel that's like in a perfect location if you're staying in Springdale. And then you've got to stop at Oscars and get the fish tacos. Yes. So. Oh, my gosh. Those are your requirements for Springdale. You go. If you're staying there, great. Go to Oscars. See the art places.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I love the arts at Zion's. There's so much good things. I think one of my most traumatic memories as a young father was when we were at Oscars and it we, were, we ordered our food. And it was at that transition period when my child, he was no longer happy with the small amount of food that I was giving him from my plate. And I realized that he was eating most of my meal. And then I realized, oh, now I have to start buying a kid's meal. That was a really traumatic experience for me. He was
1: eating our fish tacos at Oscars. That's why it was traumatic.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Those things
1: are like gold.
0: Oh, my gosh. So
1: you don't want to share that with a two-year-old. I know. It's wasted.
0: Because normally, when your kids are really, really young, you can give them like a really small amount off your plate and you don't even notice. You know, you're like, oh, they're perfectly happy. I'll give you a little bit of rice. You're done. But then they start eating more of your food and cutting into my enjoyment That was a. Yeah, that
1: was the first time we remember that (laughs) happening, but that's because it was Oscars and it was Fish Tacos. It was just equally, it was just more pain.
0: Oh, man. So much, (laughs) so much trauma.
1: So after you go through Springdale and you go through the south entrance of the park, where this is assuming that you're driving, then you will go and park at the visitor center. And the reason that you do this is because the Zion Canyon Scenic Drive for most of the year, won't let you have a vehicle. For most of the year, you have to take the free park shuttle. And this scenic drive is where, I mean, honestly, most of the stuff you're going to want to do in Zion is along the scenic drive where you need to take the shuttle. Mm-hmm. So, But if you park at the visitor center, there's a, a couple of cool things you can do right there. You can hike the Watchman Trail, which we enjoy, but you can see buildings Yeah, From the top and stuff. And so it's just not maybe as pristine of like, I'm out in nature, that type of experience. But the other trail that is right there that we really like is the Parus Trail.
0: I love the Parus Trail.
1: And this trail is really fun. It's the only trail in the park that you can take bikes on and dogs. Yeah. So it's kind of more of like a multi-use trail. It's paved. It's mostly flat. It follows the river. This is one that we really like to do in the evenings Mm -hmm. because we'll hike up the Parus Trail to a bridge that gives you just gorgeous Zion views. It's one of my favorite views in Zion at the Canyon Junction Bridge, but there's no parking right there. So you got to hike yourself up there and then you can catch the shuttle to take you back down to the visitor center. So at that point, it's like, A little over a mile and a half trail, but you get one of the best views in Zion, I think.
0: Oh, it's so cool. I think because at this point, the canyon is still a little bit wider. Mm -hmm. And so it lets in a lot more light than in some other sections of the canyon. And so you get some really beautiful golden hour experiences as you're walking. You're seeing things differently as the light changes, the canyon changes.
1: It's a really hot trail in the middle of the day, too. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: There's like no trees that shade it or anything. So that's the other reason where we're like, oh, golden hour all the way. Yes, because you're not dying.
0: Yes. in In the evening or early morning, it's awesome. But in the middle of the day, it's like, you are the ant underneath the magnifying glass. Yeah, right it totally there. <laughs> feels like
1: that. And that's one thing about Zion that I think a lot of people, well, and this surprises me. I think because the summer visitation in Zion is so high, mm-hmm. but it is blasted hot. Yes, <laughs> during the summer, you know, you're talking a hundred plus degrees every day,
0: and the heat isn't just coming from above you either. Because all of this red rock is soaking in that heat and blasting it back up at you.
1: Yeah, it's so, hot.
0: <laughs> it's so intense. It's dense. hot.
1: So we typically, like, I honestly, I can't think of the last time I was at Zion in the summer because for me, it's miserable. I it, don't like being that hot.
0: It's been a while. But...
1: Um, September, October, November, like that is so nice. That's my favorite time to be there. But um, so avoid the Paru's Trail (laughs) in the middle of the day if it's really hot out because that trail will just roast you alive. Yes. So those are kind of the two things that you can do right there from the visitor center. You can also walk to the Human History Museum or take the shuttle to the Human History Museum. And that one's really cool, too some really nice views there. There's some cool things you can learn. So those are a few options right there in that area. But otherwise, you're really just there to jump on the shuttle mm-hmm. so that you can get up into Zion Canyon.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just a transfer station to get you up into some of the more areas that you really want to get to.
1: And the campgrounds are right there too. Right. So if you're camping in the park, it's really nice. If you're at Watchmen or South, you can just walk to the shuttle pick it up from there. So again, another advantage to staying in the park is just that you have really easy access to the Zion Canyon shuttle. So oh, yeah. let's talk about where to get off oh. on the shuttle.
0: Yes. Once you pass Canyon When we go to a new national park, don't we often wish we had one of our own itineraries? We
1: do all the time. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I wish someone would have written this.
0: It's so frustrating. I wish we had a dirt in my shoes itinerary because I want to know all the best ways to visit that place. I want to see all the best things and skip the overrated stuff. And I don't want to get stuck in traffic or miss out on something cool.
1: There have been some duds in there. That's (laughs) for sure.
0: I'm offering you a magical trip to Yellowstone, Glacier, Yosemite, the Grand Canyon, the Great Smoky Mountains, and many more. Head over to DirtInMyShoes.com to get your Dirt in My Shoes itinerary today and make your magical trip happen now. Junction, you pass that really pretty bridge and you turn left and you're headed up from the Court of the Patriarchs up. It's just Boom. I mean, the, the canyon walls just get... Not, it's, it's almost
1: claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. It's because crazy. Because you can't even see the tops. <laughs> Some like, <laughs> you're standing down there and it's just a towering rock. Right. Over you. Just massive rock faces.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you picture... Because uh, uh, the earlier sections of the shuttle, tops of the canyon walls are far enough off that you can generally see them from inside the shuttle. But when you get past Canyon Junction... If you want to see the top of the canyon wall, you're the guy putting your face grease on the glass, you yeah. know, to try to look up really tall, look look up there, and you're trying to see everything, and it, it's it's so cool. That's why you have to get out and do stuff, you know, because then you can actually crane your neck up and see everything.
1: Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do in Zion Canyon?
0: That's so hard because there's like there's two really big choose hitters. one,
1: Ugh. and we'll, we'll talk about them
0: both. Okay. But
1: choose your favorite.
0: Okay. I think it's probably the Narrows. Okay. So jumping all the way to the end of the road. Yeah. So get on the shuttle, you ride it all the way to the very end, and that's where you're at the Temple of Sinawava. That is my favorite thing to do in Zion.
1: So the Narrows is the hike that is through the river. Mm -hmm. You're hiking through the Virgin River, and that's your trail. And so if you see pictures of people in the water in Zion, just hiking with these massive cliffs above, I mean, you're going through a slot canyon Mm -hmm. at some points. And so it's epic. (laughs) I mean, it's absolutely epic.
0: Yes. I think there's a few, like we talked about, you know, it's a small park. And then even within the small park, they put you into a smaller area. You're in the shuttle and then you pass this spot and then everything's closer. And then you get to the end and, you know, it's even closer there. It's kind of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when you're walking down this really weird room and the doors and everything gets smaller and smaller and smaller. It's so cool because at the very end, you open up the door and there you go right through the narrows. It's so (laughs) cool. It's just so much fun. And there's nothing like walking in the river. It's
1: It's so
0: unique. It's so unique. There are very few places that i could recall having had an adventure in the water in the national parks and the narrows is easily the king of all of those
1: it's so much harder than it looks too
0: oh yeah like
1: <laughs> i'm naturally a pretty clumsy person i <laughs> tend to trip and fall and
0: no slip
1: and um <laughs> when i'm out hiking and i when the first time we did the narrows and we got in there and you rent like this big stick, this big hiking stick, and I absolutely would not do it without the hiking stick. I might even <laughs> rent two. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> No, but it's like this big, just really thick hiking stick that you're hiking with and you're going through the water. And of course, it depends on the water levels. And that's something that you need to watch when you're planning your trip to the Narrows. And depending on what time of year you're going to be there. Uh, But we, I mean, the first time we were in there, it was the fall, which is typically the lowest water levels. And it was. I mean, we didn't have a huge current like pushing against us as we were walking, Mm -hmm. but the rocks underneath your feet are really slippery. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, it really does feel like walking on slippery bowling balls and you're just like holding yourself up with this stick. Yeah. (laughs) Trying not to fall in some areas. I had water up to my chest. Right. A few times. And that's more typically when you get up to the upper portions of the narrows. If you're just doing the day hike. Um, from the bottom, so you can go from the bottom to the Temple of Sinawava, and you can go up to Big Springs, which um, is a 10-mile round-trip hike. That you don't have to have a permit for or anything. Anyone can do that. And that typically, like, you'll probably, depending on the time of year again, hit waste deep mm-hmm. water. So I'm trying to, like, I'm 5'2", <laughs> so...
0: She's sitting in her chair, like, measuring, <laughs> okay, where was the water...
1: Yes. I think on the bottom portion it mostly didn't hit me higher than my waist but like I'm pretty short so for you I mean that's like you know that's nothing that's like needy for it's, you or it's whatever. true <laughs> I'm just Ash is
0: struggling through there's there's this pretty significant height difference between Ash and I and never was this more apparent than when we were hiking through the narrows yeah
1: because he'd just go right through and I'm like that's gonna be above my head <laughs> like I'm carrying all my gear I have my backpack and stuff and I'm like Okay, let's do this. Oh
0: gosh, it was awesome. (laughs) It's so funny. And hiking in the Narrows, you have to have like some of the equipment that Ash mentioned earlier. You really do have to have it. But this whole situation, the height difference, all the equipment that we needed, it reminds me of that scene from Lord of the Rings. Okay, here's our first reference. It reminds me. The uh,
1: first and only. Yes. (laughs) I
0: (laughs) hope. (laughs) We'll see. It reminds me of the first movie, Fellowship of the Ring. When Gandalf realizes, you know, or he, he comes back to, to Frodo to test to see if the ring really is the one ring. And he throws it in the fire and then he, they see all the, el- the the writing on it. And then he realizes, Frodo, we got to get you out of here. And then Frodo's grabbing all of his stuff, you know, putting on his jacket, putting on his boots, you know, and he gets the staff and then he puts the ring in his jacket. And then Gandalf just looks at him like I look at Ash when she's got her narrows gear on and I'm like geez, my dear Ash, hobbits really are amazing creatures, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You can learn all about them in a month and they can still surprise you after all this time.
1: (laughs) I don't like the reference of me being a hobbit. I'm not sure I'm... But it is, I mean, it is kind of like that because as you get back into the narrows and stuff, there are a lot of factors that go into the type of experience that you have. (laughs) Yep. So for John, you know, he's walking through these pools of water and stuff. And I have to say for most of it it's not that deep.
0: Right. Most it's of only, it it's like mid mid shin, you yeah, know, for a yeah. lot of it.
1: But then you get you get to these portions where the, the canyon gets narrower and it constricts the water more and it gets deeper. Um but yeah, I mean I felt like I was just like I was just drowning in we so we did a a full overnighter in Mm -hmm. the Narrows this last time, there was ice in the water. (laughs) Yes. So we had to have special suits and stuff. And anyway.
0: Ooh, and the mice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There were mice at our campsite. And yeah, it was was an experience. But I mean, the suit was just really big on me. And then you rent like these water shoes, neoprene socks and water shoes um, that kind of feel like clown shoes. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) In a lot of ways and stuff. And then you're just like trying to hike through the river and... And and if you're a shorty like me, it's a lot more challenging. Our kids, like we haven't taken our kids yet. We will. Mm-hmm. They're they're to the age now where they will be fine through most of it if we time it well, right? And the water levels aren't too high. The water levels are the highest in the spring, and right. it will shut down in the spring too when the water gets too high. So, fall is really good. We will do it in fall with the kids. Yes. here pretty soon probably but it's such an adventure because you don't know exactly what it's going to be like you don't know what you're going to encounter just based on even just water levels and your own height and well and even, stuff. yeah so, but
0: even year to year it changes it's because every
1: time because yeah. the
0: reason they close it down in the spring and they they'll close it if there's rain and stuff like that you know and the water levels go high enough because these huge flash floods that come through the canyon, they're tearing the boulders and moving them all over the place. And so all the time, every year, if you went back year after year, every year, the canyon would look different. And so there are a few things that don't change. And luckily that's where they put the campsites. If you're going to be camping back in there pretty deep, but overall this is a changing environment. And so it's, it's a really cool thing to be in an environment and hiking in this place where things can change at a moment's notice. You have to be aware of your surroundings. And so it adds a little bit of a level of adventure because things can change and things will always look a little bit different. And so it's really cool.
1: The Narrows is so cool. Um, If I just have like one piece of advice, it is to rent the equipment. Like if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it with the good equipment. Make sure that you're wearing the right shoes and socks so that you're not blistering your feet, (laughs) Yeah. make sure you have that big hiking stick because regular hiking poles will snap when they get stuck in between the boulders and stuff. Like. Do it the right way if you're going to do it because it changes the whole experience. We really like Zion Guru. They're great. They're so knowledgeable. Their equipment's really good. That's who we like to go through. It's totally worth it. It's such a cool experience. It's unlike anything that you've done up to that point. I'm yeah. sure it will just blow your mind how absolutely beautiful it is as you're walking through wall street and you know, the cliffs are just closing in on you and everything is a reddish hue, you know, everything just glows yeah. back in there. It is so beautiful. So that one is a, a camp mist. And if you have younger kids you can start. You don't have to go the whole way. Right. It is a lot of hiking. It's a lot of unique hiking that yep. takes a little bit longer to hike through the river. But if your kids are old enough to go to like Mystery Falls or just go in a little ways, then I highly recommend doing it. Or if you're not sure you want to go in that far, at least starting it, Yeah. I think is always the fun experience. It
0: will be. It will be memorable no matter how far you go. And just... Keep it open-ended, you know, go as far as you want to and as far as your kids feel like you feel like they can handle and then turn back and you've had a great experience. Yeah. It's so cool.
1: This is a good place to insert though that uh, Zion National Park in particular, a lot of the Utah parks, you'll deal with this, but flash flooding is a huge thing out here. And you've got all these narrow slot canyons that people like to explore and, and hike or climb in. But the flash flooding is no joke. No I mean, joke. People die in there pretty much every year. I see stuff from people who went into these canyons during a flash flood watch or a flash flood warning. And then the flood just comes so fast. So if you're not familiar with flash flooding or anything, just be aware that this is something that you will encounter in this park. And it's something that you need to watch. And you want to watch the weather. Um, they will post if there's a warnings. At the visitor center, you can talk to the rangers, like if that's something that concerns you. But absolutely, like there are places in Zion you will not want to be if it's raining.
0: Right. And it doesn't have to be raining at the visitor center or even at the mouth of the canyon where you're going. It doesn't have to be
1: raining in the park at all because all that water just. Yep. It could be
0: raining far, far away from where you're at. And the water will make it there. It's just the way that the. The watershed systems work here in the desert. The water will make it to you, even if you don't. That's why you got to take these warnings seriously. Yeah. So it's a big deal.
1: It It is a big deal. And it's kind of a downer, but it's definitely worth mentioning because a lot of people just don't realize that that's how it is out here. The water doesn't seep into the ground. Nope. And it's got to go somewhere so it turns into floods. So be aware of that. But I think the narrows...
0: Release the river.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think the Narrows is my favorite thing to do in Zion as well. Nice, Just because it's so unique. It's hard yeah. to like say no to that.
0: Yeah, so, it's true.
1: Moving to another place in the canyon, which is the other really famous hike in Zion. Yep, which Angel- is
0: almost always number two. Yeah, for, Angel- or at least or one or two, depending on who you are and what you're ranking <laughs> it by. So.
1: Angel's Landing. Uh, Yes. We did a full episode on Angel's Landing. Right. So I probably don't want to really sit here for that long because you can go listen to that episode that's specific about Angel's Landing. Yeah. But all that to say that it is incredible. It's another one of those just like high adventure, like get your heart pumping. Yes. Get you out of your comfort zone type of hikes.
0: Because in a lot of places, you are... Scaling these red rock cliffs, and in some places you're hanging onto chains, and there's some really epic switchbacks and epic views and cliff faces, and there's so many cool things that go into the hike at Angels Landing. And so I put it as my number two, but it's not that far down. It's a pretty close race.
1: That hike is so cool, and. If you don't want to hike the chains, so if you've seen pictures of Angels Landing on the internet, which I'm sure if you've done any type of trip planning design, you've seen it, this is the one where the trail takes you to the top of Angels Landing, which is a giant red rock monolith, just a giant thing mm-hmm. <laughs> jutting out of the ground Right. that it takes you to the top of. And the last half mile of it, you have to hold on to chains to safely navigate these cliffs and get out to the top. And that's the part that a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, Angel's Landing, you know. But you can hike this trail without doing the scary part, without doing the chains portion Mm -hmm. um, and still have a great experience. So
0: Yeah, we've done that multiple times with our kids where we don't go the whole way. We just have a great time going up as far as we want.
1: The views are amazing. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to go that far to get really, really good views. So. That's a favorite for us. We'll go there and at least start it, even if we have our little kids with us. Mm -hmm. So don't write that one off. Yes. (laughs) If you're not sure if you want to do the chains or not, like don't just disregard it. Definitely still at least start. And now you have to have reservations to do the chains portion of the trail. Mm -hmm. And so we have a YouTube video about that. But That's something to be aware of as well.
0: Yeah. So if you want more information, technical information on what you need for Angel's Landing, or if you want to hear us talk in depth about this amazing trail, check out the podcast episode or the YouTube video, and we'll go into much more detail in regards to the amazing, incredible Angel's Landing hike.
1: Beyond that, you've got some smaller trails. The Emerald Pools Trail is really nice. Mm -hmm. We really like that one, uh, especially if you go beyond... That first pool and waterfall. if right. You can hike a little bit longer. It's busy, though that trail does stay quite busy. Most it is of pretty the time. busy. Yeah. What else is in there? You've got condors. You can see condors in oh, Zion Canyon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so, yeah, that's one of the coolest things I think that you can see so, wildlife wise.
1: Yeah. I agree because Zion is a desert landscape. And so the wildlife is probably pretty different. From what you mostly see when you're in the parks. You'll you'll
0: see a bunch of mule deer grazing around. We've seen coyotes chasing mule deer. there's There's lots
1: of bighorn sheep on the eastern side of the park. Right. But condors are amazing. And you can see those kind of from the... Most people like to get off at the Big Bend shuttle stop to see if they can see condors. So that's a big deal. You've got weeping rock which is a nice short trail Mm. where you can see the water seeping out through the red rock. And it creates kind of like a hanging garden, which is really pretty.
0: It is so cool. What's
1: crazy about that area, I still am just like kind of shocked. But Weeping Rock used to be where you would hike to Observation Point, which was one of the big heavy hitter trails in Zion for a long, long time.
0: Oh my gosh, that trail, that was an intense trail.
1: That hike is amazing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Observation point is amazing, and then you've got hidden canyon up there too, which was another trail that you needed chains mm-hmm. to go along the cliffs. But those trails got completely wiped out by a landslide, and so notice that like as you're in the weeping rock area right there, you can look up and you can see exactly where all the rocks <laughs> came down oh like it completely decimated those trails,
0: oh yeah, it's kind of. Frightening sometimes to look up there and realize, oh, man, if anything comes crashing down, <laughs> there's not that much space in here.
1: And Weeping Rock was closed. I mean, they just reopened Weeping Rock. And I'm like, I don't even think they're probably even going to fix the inspiration, the observation point or Hidden Canyon Trails.
0: Yeah, because I don't know. Because
1: it would take a massive... I mean, they'd basically just have to rebuild. So... Yeah, I don't know. Take I don't a have lot any... of money
0: and a lot of concrete, I think, to shore up that trail.
1: Oh, my gosh. So we have done those trails. We did them before the landslide. Yeah. Which is crazy to think. I mean, I've got pictures of that whole trail. I was going to write a whole post about <laughs> the observation point trail. And then the landslide hit and it's gone. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. And another example of Mother Nature at work. In Zion National Park. Right. Which just adds to, I think, the venture of it, kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, you really do feel like it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen while we're here.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So, so that area, you know, you can get out at Weeping Rock, but you can't go beyond that.
0: Right. And don't try either. No. Because I mean, well, I've been in Southern Utah and I've been on a trail where a big piece of red rock came crashing down and it was pretty frightening. And so be safe. Be careful. Keep your wits about you. Have fun.
1: Yeah. So those are the main things that I would say don't skip in the Zion Canyon area. Right. And again, that's in that area where you will need to take the shuttle for most of the year. The shuttle only doesn't run from like November through February, but then they run it
0: uh, Christmas,
1: during, yeah, during the holidays and so so, like there's a very good chance that while you're there, you'll have to take the shuttle. But those are my choices for my favorite things to do up oh, there.
0: It's so good. It's so much fun in there. But now yeah. we get to explore some of the other, not necessarily less busy, but some of the smaller areas of the park, which is cool. Okay. So which yeah. direction do you want to go? Let's go
1: east because I love the east side of the park. It's not as well traveled, right? Although that's changing. In fact, I just saw, so they did a groundbreaking where they're going to put in a new visitor center over on the east side of the park.
0: Nice. That it's, will be nice.
1: It's nice, but it's also kind of sad because it's like, oh, so many more people are coming <laughs> in from that side now. That used to kind of be the area where you could go and really feel some solitude and, and right. you know, get away from the crowds of Zion Canyon. I mean, it's getting busy. So from Zion Canyon, instead of turning up on the shuttle to go up Zion Canyon, you can drive. It's the Highway 9 that goes right through there.
0: You cross the bridge.
1: You cross the bridge and you can drive and you'll go through the Zion Mount Carmel Tunnel.
0: Which is so much
1: fun. It is so much fun. That's literally the only thing I remember from visiting Zion as a child Mm -hmm. is driving through that tunnel. It's epic.
0: It's such a cool experience because as you drive, you're going through this dark tunnel. And then every once in a while, like this giant window just appears on your side and you can look out into this really quick glimpse of the canyon. And it's just really cool. And it just happens every once in a while. Yeah, the tunnel has
1: picture windows. At the time it was built, it was the longest tunnel of its type. So it's pretty cool. It's over, I think it's over a mile long. I'm pretty sure it's like 1.1 miles long. So it's a long tunnel and it has these picture windows that CCC era. And so it's smaller, but with really nice handiwork.
0: (laughs) Yes. And you can't stop. There's usually a fair amount of people going in front of you and behind you. And so you kind of have to keep moving. And so that's why you have to like, all right, kids, here comes up a window. Everybody look to your left now. And then you can see it. It just appears. And the tunnel is going uphill Which I think most tunnels I'm usually in aren't, don't feel like that. And so you're, or you're going downhill, depending on which direction you're coming, but you're making your way up the cliff in this tunnel. It's like you're in a giant wormhole. So cool.
1: It's a really cool tunnel. So make sure you do that. That again, like that's all I remember from being a kid and visiting Zion was how much I loved that tunnel. So that's a favorite. And then when you get to the other side of the tunnel, you are now like, Instead of being down in the canyon, you're up closer to the tops of the mountains in there. And so your views totally change. Mm -hmm. But right on the other side of the tunnel is the Canyon Overlook Trail, which is a really fun, adventurous trail without it being too difficult or too scary. Right. And so I think it really hits like the perfect mix of like, wow, this feels like an adventure, but... You know, my five-year-old is fine hiking this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's a really fun one. Uh, I highly recommend that one. It's got, like, bridges over the ravines.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right you... next to the cliff.
1: Yeah, and it's got the the moky steps or, you know, the steps that are dug out of the cliffside to kind of climb up and stuff. But it's really fun. And then it takes you to the end of the trail is the end of this basically the canyon wall (laughs) right? where you're stepping you're on top of the rocks right there looking out into design canyon yeah and so you've just got those big red cliffs right in front of you that are so beautiful
0: well it's so cool and if you pay attention so as you cross the bridge and you make your way up before the tunnel if you look further up the canyon and off to the left a little bit you can kind of see the future makings of like a great arch
1: well, that's what it's called. So.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so the name matches what it is.
1: <laughs> so, Someone named it aptly.
0: Yes, Yeah. exactly. The Great Arch. And so when you're at the end of the trail for the Canyon Overlook Trail, you're basically right up there.
1: You're standing on top of it.
0: It's so cool. The landscape on the higher level, the higher on the east side, but also on this top layer of Zion is so different. It's so intriguing because you have all of these interesting land formations you know suddenly you're looking around and you're seeing kind of all these like dome looking mountains and you see like all these checkerboard formations and twisty things it's kind of like the candy cane forest is almost like what you're going into and it's just a totally absolutely different park compared to the lower section everything is different. different
1: well and the rock layer is different too so you get more white and pinks added in rather than the deep reds. Right. So the color is different. The east side, there's not a ton to do on the east side. Kind of drive from like Canyon Overlook, it's it's mostly about the scenery and mm-hmm. trying to see bighorn sheep. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's
1: why we like to go up there. There are a couple, like there's some secret hikes that we like to do that are included in the itinerary that are a little bit in this area, but... Mostly you're driving and soaking in the beautiful scenery, looking for wildlife until you get all the way out to closer to the east entrance, at which point you get to Checkerboard Mesa, which is really cool. Uh, It does. It's a giant mesa with that crisscross weathering pattern. Just makes it look really cool. So you'll get totally different pictures, a completely different experience on the east side. Like I said, they're starting they're gonna build a big visitor center out there right now before that visitor center is done. There's like pit toilets and no water, right, so
0: <laughs> well, that's what I was about to mention is despite the fact that this is such a hot place, there are very few places where you can actually get water, yeah, in the park, and we so especially always
1: keep water in our car because as, yeah, it's especially hard to
0: find yeah, and so especially here on the east side of the park, where there literally is no development anywhere. It probably will be. Park is probably thinking we just have to find a place to give people water. Over yeah, well, here.
1: and actually, they just put in a big biking net, like a network of trails for biking. Oh, on the east side, just outside of the park, and then if you keep going and you go down into the town of Mount Carmel, there's a lot more going in there. Like it's definitely getting developed out. I mean, just over the years, they've always. Visiting Zion Mm -hmm. every time we go back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) there's so much more going in out here. But coming in from that side, I mean, again, you're kind of far from the Zion Canyon stuff. Right. Because if you come in through the east side, you still have to drive all the way through the tunnel, which sometimes bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. If there's larger vehicles, if there's big RVs that need to go through, then they have to shut down the traffic for the tunnel.
0: Right. And you have to have a permit for.
1: Yeah. And they'll let those RVs drive through the middle of the tunnel where it's higher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that creates some bottlenecks. And then you've still got to drive down to the visitor center, find parking, catch the shuttle. You know, so staying on the east side actually adds a lot of time to the point of actually entering the park versus getting up into Zion Canyon and stuff. Right. So, but I mean, because they are just building like crazy out there. We were sad this last time we went through. The Thunderbird restaurant is still out there, but they got rid of their homemade pies sign, and it was like
0: spell it for a man.
1: Yeah, so it's like this picture of this lady, like this really busty lady, <laughs> holding a pie, and then it's ho as in h o dash <laughs> made pies, ho made pies,
0: right? And she and she was it was basically just an apron yeah yeah. she was wearing
1: oh my gosh that was like an icon of the area and they finally decided it was too much i guess (laughs) and they replaced their sign we were sad about that when we drove through last time but the pies are still good i'm sure but yeah so that's kind of the east side i mean you really just don't have a ton to do out there Again, that's why we favor that Springdale area, staying right there or staying in the park at the lodge, because that really is where you're going to want to be for most things. Right. But the east side is beautiful. We have great luck seeing bighorn sheep climbing the cliffs out there. Mm -hmm. It's just a quieter experience. And so I really love the east side. I agree. Okay. So like between Zion Canyon and the east side of the park... That really is the main part of Zion National Park that most people visit.
0: Yeah, especially on your first trip. I think yeah. that's probably where you're going to want to spend the majority of your time.
1: Absolutely. And there's so much good stuff to last you for a while. Oh, I forgot to mention Observation Point, which we mentioned during Zion Canyon that the trail got completely destroyed. Pummeled. Yes, There is a way to get to the top of Observation Point still from the east side. Correct. So if you really want to do that, I highly recommend it. You can go to the Zion Ponderosa, which is a big lodge on the east side, and you can catch the trail from that area. It's mostly flat trail. Actually, it's way easier to do it this way than the other way. Yeah. But So if you still want to get to the top of Observation Point, you can do it that way. And Observation Point is cool because... You are actually looking down at Angel's Landing.
0: Which so, is so cool.
1: <laughs> most people think like Angel's Landing is epic and it is, the trail is super cool. But from observation point you're looking down Zion Canyon. So you've got all these big beautiful cliffs, but like Angel's Landing is actually below you. It's lower than where you're standing.
0: Yeah, so. and I think that surprises a lot of people. Yeah.
1: That's another good option for something to do on the east side. Also mentioning if you want to hike the full Narrows, you have to get a permit if you want to do it this way. But you can start up on the east side Mm -hmm. and you do kind of go up towards Zion Ponderosa and stuff. It's kind of that same area. That's where you start if you're doing the full Narrows hike with the permit and the camping.
0: Right. And so so as you do that, you're basically starting at the top and you work With the river as it's cutting down into all the sandstone and making the narrows happen. Yeah. It's so cool.
1: Yeah. So it's cool. So there's stuff to do on the east side. It's just not as many people know about what there is to do. So, yes, you'll want to focus your time in this main area of Zion on your first trip. There's a couple of smaller outlying areas that we'll just touch on briefly. If you have some extra time and you want to explore a little further, you can. The first being. And I think these are kind of confusing because they kind of sound like the same place.
0: Right. It's true.
1: People get really confused. But we've got the Kolob Terrace Road, mm-hmm. which you will find just a few miles outside of Springdale near the south entrance. You catch this road from the town of Virgin, mm-hmm. which is just funny. Funny names. <laughs> uh-
0: <laughs> Hurricane, Laverkin and Virgin.
1: <laughs> but, um You catch this road from the town of Virgin, and then you can go up to the Lava Point area, which is one of the more remote campgrounds in Zion. But this is where you start the West Rim Trail. So if you're wanting to do a longer trail, a really good backpacking route, that's where you'll go. We like the Northgate Peaks Trail. That's a shorter trail you can take from this Kolob Terrace area that looks a little bit different than what you see elsewhere in the park
0: it resembles a lot like the east side of the park, you know, where you're seeing all these domes and things like that because you're up high. You're up on top of stuff. That's a
1: good one to do if you really want some quiet.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Very few people actually hike back there.
0: (laughs) Especially first or your second trip. You spend your mileage and your knees on some of these longer trails, especially in Zion Canyon itself. Yeah. And so it's not usually until Multiple trips to Zion that you'll venture out and spend some of your mileage on some of these lesser known trails.
1: Yeah, the Kolob Terrace Road is also where you'll find the trailhead for the subway, which is a very famous trail in Zion that you can hike or you need to be able to have repelling experience. Mm-hmm. And so, this is like if you've seen those pictures of where the water's like going through this really narrow canyon, but the canyon is like rounded. Yeah,
0: it's like carved out.
1: Yeah, like a subway station, basically, like the subway tube exactly that it goes through. So <laughs> it's really cool. It's that would be a full day thing that you'd need to plan for. Yep. Um, and then you do, you can just hike it. It's much longer if you just hike it versus getting in there and actually rappelling down in there and stuff. So yep. you can make it as epic as you want. Yep. Uh, but that you'll find that along the Kolob Terrace Road too. So that's yep. why most people drive up there, honestly.
0: <laughs> yep. Just just mind the gap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Kolob Terrace Road and it's beautiful. There's just there's not as much to do up there. The road doesn't connect to anywhere else in Zion. So Right. You know, if you're going up to do the West Rim or the Subway, that's your main reason for being up there. The other outlying section of Zion National Park is Not the Kolob Terrace. Nope. Kolob Canyons. Yes. Which is its own separate spot. (laughs) You would think that the
0: Kolob Terrace Road would take you to Kolob Canyons, but nope. It's totally different. Totally different area.
1: Yeah. So that one, you actually can't even get there quickly from (laughs) from the main part of Zion. No, you've got to drive out and around and up. It takes an hour to an hour and a half to get up there. It's really cool. It's a really short road. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need much time in that area unless you're planning on doing a really long hike, but we really like to go up there because it's surprising.
0: It's so cool. You can kind of see it a little bit from I-15 if you're going north or south. But
1: not really, only yeah. if you know what you're looking for.
0: Exactly. You kind of exact that's exactly it. You if you know, you know. And so <laughs> you can is, kind of it see is it. It's like
1: that. It's one of those, if you know, you know, places, <laughs> the Kolob Canyons.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And so you get off kind of at this inconspicuous little visitor center area, and then you take this road that takes you out and around, and then suddenly the Kolob Canyons are just suddenly revealed.
1: Oh, it's like boom, mm-hmm. red. Yeah, Red Rock, giant Red Rock. We like the Taylor Creek Trail. Um, if you go all the way to the end of the road, which isn't very long, I want to say it's like it'll eight, take
0: you fifteen minutes tops.
1: There's something. Yeah, you can go all the way to the end of the road, and there's a nice overlook there, plus a little nature trail that you can do. And then there's just mostly like longer trails.
0: Yeah, that so. take you deep into the Kolob area. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a cool area. We like to stop there if we're driving down that way, but we won't usually go there if our plan is to stay in Springdale and be in the main part of the park, just because it's further away. But if you're already driving that way, absolutely worth the stop. Definitely. Okay. So, I mean, like we said, Zion is a pretty small park. I mean, we covered it pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of racking my brain. I'm like, what else is there to do? I There's think more done- stuff
1: to do, but we add a lot of stuff to the Zion itinerary to kind of help you get off the beaten path a little bit more. There's a lot of like smaller trails that you can do. But truthfully, most people really only spend two to three days in this park. Generally, usually it's part of a bigger tour of Utah.
0: Doing the Mighty Five yeah. or the Grand Circle.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times you don't have a ton of extra time. And if you can give Zion three days, I mean, you'll spend two of those days almost just doing some of the bigger, more epic, like can't miss hiking trails. Right. So Zion is a little bit weird like that because the can't miss trails, generally, I try to keep those pretty short, mm-hmm. um, family friendly and stuff, but it's like... Well, you can't go to Zion without at least starting the Angels Landing trail, or you know, like yeah, you've got to give some of those those longer trails the time that they need. Well, plus,
0: say you'd come in from Vegas or something, you have three days you want to spend here. You only, a lot of times you, your body only has enough energy to do Angels Landing that day, or then the Narrows one of the other days, and so it's especially like, if it's hot. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you're you're worn out after yeah. doing those, and you're like. Which still leaves a lot of stuff to do if those two hikes are the only thing that you mainly do that day. And so it's kind of a challenging park to visit in terms of like seeing everything because you don't necessarily need a lot of time, but you kind of need more than you think.
1: Yeah. And it's more complex than you think, too, because of the smaller size, the higher crowds, the shuttle lines, everything. It just takes a little bit more planning, Mm -hmm. a little bit more coordinating. So it is. But I mean... You spend your day hiking the Narrows and then you go get fish tacos at Oscars. (laughs) Perfect. A perfect day. So you can't go wrong. Zion just, it's going to blow your mind. It really will, especially if you're not stuck in crowds all day. But even if you are, I mean, you'll be riding around the shuttle just with your mouth open. Your jaw dropped because it is absolutely spectacular and it's, 100% worth the extra effort that needs to go into planning your trip to this park. You're just going to have some big adventures that you will never forget.
0: Yeah. Like you just mentioned, you'll be on the shuttle and you'll be with a bunch of other people from all around the world. Lots of people, everybody from around the world is coming here to see Zion. And what's funny is a lot of them, especially later in the day, are all tuckered out. And so everybody's just sitting there all tired. And if you have a conversation with a stranger, everyone gets to listen in. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm the weird guy that you don't want to sit next to on the shuttle. So what did you guys do today? And, you know, everybody gets to hear. So it's The
1: good. whole shuttle is listening because everyone's tired and nobody's having their own conversations. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a few times, too. But we're just really excited for you to visit. We've got lots of resources for Zion National Park, both on the YouTube channel and under My Shoes. So if you need any extra help, let us know. But this park will just blow you away. It's a great place to go to make memories with your family.
0: Thanks for exploring the national parks with us.
1: Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com.
0: See you next week. Same time, same place.
1: And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.